This is ARN. Decidedly Christian, distinctly biblical, and just a little bit nuts. This is Squirrel Chatter. And welcome to the Piney Woods, ladies and gentlemen. I am your squirrel, the host, coming to you from the ARN studios, high atop the tallest tree in the Piney Woods. Good to have you with us. It is Friday, the first day of March 2024. This is Squirrel Chatter, a podcast dedicated to scripture, theology, history, current events, and anything else I want to talk about. We webcast every Monday through Friday at 7.30 a.m. Mountain on X, Facebook, and Rumble. And then the podcast is available for download wherever you find fine podcasts. Squirrel Chatter is a proud member of the Christian Podcast Community. You can head on over to christianpodcastcommunity.com. Check out all the great curated podcasts that are over there. You are certain to find something worth listening to. I guarantee it. All right. This is the final pre-Shepcon edition of Squirrel Chatter, um, and I am going to be dark for the next two weeks. There will be no Squirrel Chatter because I will be going to California, coming back, and recovering. <laughs> so that's the plan there. Um, and so I will, I will be, there will be no Squirrel Chatter for two, count them, two weeks until I return on the Monday following my return from California. What day is that? I will look at the calendar and actually give you a firm date. And it will be, today is March 1st, March 18th will be the next Squirrel Chatter episode after today. So be advised, no Squirrel Chatter for two weeks. There are other good podcasts out there for you to listen to. Go to christianpodcastcommunity.com. Um, I know of at least one other daily, so uh, uh, you can you can get your uh, your your daily devotionals. Um, uh, Wayne Floyd does a nice. Uh, you know, always, you know, Faith comes comes by hearing. I believe is the name of his podcast. He always gives me a hard time because I always get it wrong. <laughs> but there is a daily there you can listen to. So. Uh, He's he's doing daily devotionals and scripture readings, and and it's a it's a good little way to start your day. Um, and uh, you know, in addition to you know, don't switch audiences. Don't don't you know exclusively go to to Wayne's. Uh, you know, stay with you know Squirrel Chatter when I return. But in the meantime, you know, and and in addition to, uh, we'll put it that way. I don't want to send you off somewhere else and have you not come back. That would that would break my heart. That would just be horrible. All right. Um, hope you enjoyed the interview yesterday with uh, Scott Christensen. Um, I'm looking forward to getting my hands on a physical copy of that book. And uh, that's going to be, uh, I believe that's going to be a very, very useful book for the church um, dealing with a very, very difficult topic. Um, I was talking last night with the pastor at, um, with my pastor at, at choir practice. And we were talking about the fact that, um, you know, this is such a key issue. You know, this, this came up in our junior high Bible study the other day. 
we had a question about why um, a, a, a prominent teacher at the local school district had passed away from cancer and everybody was asking why, you know, and, and so to be able to have to, you know, discuss that and having some equipment to help you discuss that is important. It is and has always been a very, very key issue um, in apologetics. And frankly, every Christian should be an apologist. Um, every Christian should equip themselves with, you know, a good knowledge of, of, of how to deal with these sorts of theological issues. Um, and, and so, I mean, and that's part of the job of the church is to equip you for the work of the ministry. Um, one of the reasons why you shouldn't skip church. <laughs> um, it's important. So, so pay attention to that. You know, that's a, that's a, take the pin out of my pocket. It's pulling my shirt down. Um, very light shirt, very heavy pin. <laughs> um, so, uh, I hope that, uh, that interview served you well and, uh, um, welcome back. All right. Yeah, it was, it was actually kind of nice to sleep in yesterday. I will admit, um, I didn't get up until eight <laughs> because I didn't have to get up and do the podcast, um, because I had pre-recorded it and uploaded it. But the reason I don't do that more often, A, this is part of my morning routine. I like popping in here and being live and, and chatting with you. The other reason is I have really, really slow upload speed. <laughs> it took four hours for me to upload that video from yesterday's podcast. Um, that's just the internet I have to deal with out here in the piney woods. And as many of you know, I mean, even for streaming, this is not the fastest internet, but, uh, if I go, if I pre-record and upload, then it takes forever. And of course it uses up all of our bandwidth. So we can't do anything else on the, on the internet, um, while we're doing that. So I, I try to do it overnight. Um, but I needed to get it scheduled and everything. So I couldn't go to bed. The reason I didn't get up until eight yesterday is I was up till two in the morning uploading yesterday's podcast. So I still only got six hours sleep. So, uh, so that's, that's one of the reasons why I don't pre-record more often. If I had faster internet, I might, um, because I do have the ability to, you know, pre-record and set it to stream with, with the restream service. Um, they've been very good to me. Uh, good, good service, not, not super expensive allows you to stream to multiple platforms. Um, I have the, the lowest tier paid subscription, which allows me to upload and schedule audio or video to stream. Um, and, and since it's, we video webcast, I upload the video. Um, our, our ISP keeps promising that we're going to be getting fiber optic soon, um, which would alleviate that problem completely and give us some fast upload speed. Um, 
I've thought about switching to Starlink, um, but the the initial outlay of equipment costs is ouch. Um, it, it costs you quite a bit to get onto Starlink, um, and then you're playing the the monthly fee besides. Whereas my my ISP owns my modem and owns my my router and all of that, and when they break, they replace them, and I didn't have to pay for them and just lovely stuff like that. And considering the the lightning strike last summer that knocked me off the air for such a time, that uh, you know having that equipment replaced by my ISP and not by me, that was fabulous. So uh, yeah. So if you're if you're in Western Montana, Blackfoot Telecommunications has been very good to us, and and. Whenever I complain about my internet speed, I have to remind myself I once used 14.4 dial-up. So it, this is much better than that. Um, all right. What do we got coming up today? We have scripture reading from the Legacy Standard Bible. We have prayers from the Book of Common Prayer. We have a reading from John MacArthur's Daily Readings from the Life of Christ and we have a Monday Meandering special Friday edition. So we're skipping Federalist Friday today, and we're going to just talk about some stuff that's been on my mind um, and some stuff that hasn't been on my mind. I, 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 have, I keep a notepad and I jot down the topics throughout the week of things I want to talk about on Monday Meanderings, and I had some stuff on there that I just, that's depressing. And, and when you consider the stuff that I am going to talk about today, and you think that I crossed the depressing stuff off the list, um, <laughs> you're going to realize just how depressing that stuff was, because I'm not really talking about a lot of joyful, uplifting stuff today. <laughs> All right, let's begin as is our practice. Actually, let's begin by pouring Squirrel another cup of coffee. Squeak. There goes the thermos lid on my Yeti thermos. Best thermos I have ever had. This keeps coffee warm so long. Oh yeah. I now have a full cup of coffee. You know, I just totally wasted that five minute pre-roll sitting here and, and, and reading stuff and, and getting my thoughts ready for the podcast that I did not indeed uh, refill my coffee. So thank you for your indulgence and allowing me to do that. Take a sip. Mmm, good stuff. All right, let us begin, as is our practice, with the Prayer of Confession from the 2019 Book of Common Prayer. Almighty and most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from your ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against your holy laws. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done, and we have done those things which we ought not to have done. And apart from your grace, there is no health in us. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Spare all those who confess their faults. Restore all those who are penitent, according to your promises declared to all people in Christ Jesus our Lord. And grant, O most merciful Father, for his sake, that we may now live a godly, righteous, and sober life, to the glory of your holy name. Amen. 
Grant to your faithful people, merciful Lord, pardon and peace, that we may be cleansed from all our sins and serve you with a quiet mind. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And now our prayer for the reading of the word. Blessed Lord, who caused all holy scriptures to be written for our learning, grant us so to hear them, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them, that by patience and the comfort of your holy word we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life which you have given us in our Savior, Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. All right, our scripture reading today is Exodus chapter 7 and Psalm 57. Exodus chapter 7. Then Yahweh said to Moses, See, I set you as God to Pharaoh, and your brother Aaron shall be your prophet. You shall speak all that I command you, and your brother Aaron shall speak to Pharaoh, that he let the sons of Israel go out of his, hand, out of his land. But I will harden Pharaoh's heart with stiffness, that I may multiply my signs and my wonders in the lands of Egypt. But Pharaoh will not listen to you, and I will set my hand upon Egypt and bring out my hosts, my people, the sons of Israel, from the land of Egypt by great judgments. Then the Egyptians shall know that I am Yahweh, when I stretch out my hand against Egypt and bring out the sons of Israel from their midst. So Moses and Aaron did it, as Yahweh commanded them. Thus they did. Now Moses was eighty years old, and Aaron eighty-three years old, when they spoke to Pharaoh. And Yahweh spoke to Moses and Aaron, saying, When Pharaoh speaks to you, saying, Work a miraculous wonder, then you shall say to Aaron, Take your staff and throw it down before Pharaoh, that it may become a serpent. So Moses and Aaron came to Pharaoh, and thus they did, just as Yahweh had commanded. And Aaron threw his staff down before Pharaoh and his servants, and it became a serpent. Then Pharaoh also called for wise men and the sorcerers, and they also, the magicians of Egypt, did the same with their secret arts. And each one threw down his staff, and they became serpents. But Aaron's staff swallowed up their staves. Yet Pharaoh's heart was hardened with strength, and he did not listen to them as Yahweh had spoken. Then Yahweh said to Moses, Pharaoh's heart is hard with firmness. He refuses to let the people go. Go to Pharaoh in the morning, as he is going out to the water, and station yourself to meet him on the bank of the Nile. And you shall take in your hand the staff which was turned into a serpent. And you shall say to him, Yahweh, the God of the Hebrews, sent me to you, saying, Let my people go, that they may serve me in the wilderness. But behold, you have not listened until now. Thus says Yahweh, By this you shall know that I am Yahweh. Behold, I am about to strike the water that is in the Nile with the staff that is in my hand, and it will be turned to blood, and the fish that are in the Nile will die, and the Nile will become foul, and the Egyptians will be weary of drinking water from the Nile. Then Yahweh said to Moses, Say to Aaron, Take your staff and stretch out your hand over the waters of, the, of Egypt, over their rivers, over their streams, and over their pools, over all their reservoirs of water, that they may become blood, and there will be blood throughout all the land of Egypt both in vessels of wood and in vessels of stone. So Moses and Aaron did thus, as Yahweh had commanded. 
And he raised up the staff and struck the water that was in the Nile, in the sight of Pharaoh and in the sight of his servants. And all the water that was in the Nile was turned to blood. And the fish that were in the Nile died. And the Nile became foul, so that the Egyptians could not drink water from the Nile. And the blood was through all the land of Egypt. Yet the magicians of Egypt did the same with their secret arts. And Pharaoh's heart was hardened with strength. And he did not listen to them as Yahweh had spoken. Then Pharaoh turned and went to his house, and he did not set his heart even on this. So all the Egyptians dug around the Nile for water to drink, for they could not drink of the water of the Nile, and seven full days passed after Yahweh had struck the Nile. Now Psalm 57. Psalm 57. For the choir director, Al-Tashef of David, a miktam, when he fled from Saul in the cave. Be gracious to me, O God, be gracious to me, for my soul takes refuge in you, and in the shadow of your wings I will take refuge, until destruction passes by. I will call to God Most High, to God who accomplishes all things for me. He will sin from heaven and save me. He reproaches him who tramples upon me, Selah. God will send his loving kindness and his truth. His soul is among lions, or my soul is among lions. I am lying down among those who breathe forth fire, sons of men whose teeth are spears and arrows, and their tongue a sharp sword. Be exalted above the heavens, O God. Let your glory be above all the earth. They have set a net for my steps. My soul is bowed down. They dug a pit before me. They themselves have fallen into the midst of it. Selah. My heart is set, O God, my heart is set. I will sing, yes, I will sing praises. Awake, my glory, awake, harp and lyre. I will awaken the dawn. I will give thanks to you, O Lord, among the peoples. I will sing praises to you among the nations. For your loving kindness is great to the heavens and your truth to the skies. Be exalted above the heavens, O God. Let your glory be above all the earth. This is the word of the Lord. And now our reading from Daily Readings from the Life of Christ. Today's devotional is a testimony to the Jews. And uh, once again, just a reminder, we are nowhere in sync with the date of the devotionals. This is the devotion for July 16. Um, but we, we did not start at the beginning of the year and we are not reading these devotionals on Saturday and Sunday. So we are way out of sync. And I just want to point that out because if you flipped open your copy of daily readings from the life of Christ to today's date, you aren't where we are. Okay. A testimony to the Jews. Jesus said to him, see that you tell no one. But go, show yourself to the priest, and present the offering that Moses commanded as a testimony to them. Matthew 8, 4. Dr. MacArthur writes, Following times of greatest blessing and triumph, our Lord often tests us to see if our faith is obedient. In the case of the cleansed leper, Jesus commanded him to fulfill the ritual requirements of the law and let the priests attest to his healing. See Leviticus 14. 
this responsibility had to precede any celebrations of his newfound health or telling others about his cure. Perhaps Jesus told the man not to tell others of his healing so that people would not merely give adulation to him as a miracle worker. Furthermore, he would not have wanted this event to encourage any speculation that he was a political deliverer. Christ was still in his period of humiliation, and any exaltation of him by the crowd would have been premature within the Father's plan. However, the major reason for Jesus' command to, be, to the healed man to respect the Mosaic requirements was to testify to the crowd, particularly to the Jewish leaders. He blasted their hypocrisy, superficiality, and unscriptural methods, but he did not want to communicate that he had no regard for God's law at all. When the priest declared the man healed and the evidence would be obvious, it would allow Jesus' miracle to be verified by the Jewish establishment. That would give added weight to his credibility as Messiah, as one who did not come to abolish, but to fulfill. Matthew 5.17 Ask yourself, how would you describe your spiritual state after a season of great accomplishment or at the culmination of a long struggle that has ended in victory? Is this a time when you deliberately focus on the basics of Christian faith or when you decide to take a break for a while? All right. It is Friday, but we're doing a Monday Meandering Special Friday edition today. A lot of stuff in the news, but one thing that just hit me yesterday, um, uh, thought about it last night because I had dinner last night after choir practice at Chick-fil-A. <laughs> the Chick-fil-A in Missoula is right across the street from the Wendy's in Missoula. And yesterday, the day before, um, there was a news story that Wendy's was going to be experimenting with quote-unquote dynamic pricing. <laughs> dynamic pricing means that um, they can change their prices instantly throughout the day. Meaning that the price on the menu five minutes ago might not be the price on the menu five minutes from now. Um, it was a, it was a announcement to the board of investors that they were going to increase profits because they were installing new digital menu boards that would allow price adjustments, quote unquote, in real time. Um, and immediately everybody began talking about Uber's practice of what they call surge pricing, meaning that when demand is higher, prices go up. When demand is lower, prices are lower, but when demand is high, prices are high. Now, generally, we understand price and, you know, uh, supply and demand and, and, and that in a general term, but having it fluctuate minute by minute, like stocks in the stock market, that gets scary. Um, one of the memes I saw was uh, um, from a, picture uh, a movie i don't remember what movie it was but it's a it's a business movie um i've seen clips from it but i have never seen the movie and i couldn't tell you what movie it's from but it's a it's a it's a movie that centers around wall street and stock trading 
It was not trading places. That was commodities, not stocks. And I know that movie. This was, um, but this was a, a stockbroker in an office with a, a, a satisfied smirk on his face, raising his arms in triumph. And he was talking about when you uh, buy a Baconator low and sell it high and make a 27% profit. Um, so they were comparing the, the fluctuation of prices of sandwiches at Wendy's with the fluctuation of stocks on the stock market as they're constantly rising or falling. Um, as you can imagine, when word of this got out, the um, reactions were not favorable. And uh, the, there, there has long been a Twitter war between Burger King and Wendy's. And, and if you're not aware of it, it's, it's often very humorous. Both, both accounts are trying to be funny. And they, they, they go back and forth. Um, uh, you know, uh, Wendy's takes shots at Burger King. Burger King takes shots at Wendy's. I've seen Wendy's take shots at Kentucky Fried Chicken and Taco Bell. Um, these are not accounts on Twitter that I follow uh, in any sort of regularity. But every once in a while you see one and, and they're, you know, because a friend retreats it because it's funny. And, and they are funny. And so there's been this back and forth between Wendy's and Burger King for some time. Well, in response to Wendy's announcement of new dynamic pricing, Burger King tweeted, The only thing surging at Burger King is the flame. We don't believe in charging people more when they're hungry. And Burger King, uh, through today, I believe, is giving away Whoppers. <laughs> if you buy $3 worth of stuff, which is basically a pop and a fry, you can get a free Whopper <laughs> through today. Um, only, only through their app or BK online. You have, to, you have to order mobily. Can't do it at the counter. But, you know, this is the response. Um, so Wendy's is... is uh, going to be struggling to recover from this. Of course, they have, they have rapidly um, responded with, no, 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 we're not talking about, you know, surge pricing like Uber does. We're talking about able to, to instantly put things on sale. So the regular price will stay the regular price. We're talking about dropping the price. And, and uh, so that's a, that's a backpedal, I think, because they were talking to their investors about how they were going to boost profits. Um, so it, it's Wendy's is one of my favorite fast food places. Um, good burgers. Uh, I've always enjoyed eating there. Um, their spicy chicken sandwich is fabulous. It is my second favorite chicken sandwich after Chick-fil-A is Wendy's. And I had, although I must admit the other week, I made a mistake. I was ordering on the on my mobile app, on my phone, so that I could just swing by and pick it up, um, a cheesesteak from Jersey Mike's. And I mistakenly hit the chicken cheesesteak. Oh, folks, I got to tell you, 
it's fabulous. I'm like, you know, I might like this better than the beef. So, so the, the chicken cheesesteak from Jersey Mike's, that's something to check out. It was really good, really good. Um, so that, that's going to become a regular item for me. Um, get it in the bowl so you don't have to deal with all the carbs and the bread. And you got the cheese and the veggies and the meat and oh, oh yeah, oh yeah, good stuff. Um, so that might, that might surplant a Wendy's spicy chicken sandwich as my second favorite chicken sandwich. I don't know. The jury is still out. Um, of course I am the jury, but I haven't made up my mind, but good, good stuff. Um, speaking of fast food, I am so excited about getting in and out, heading, heading down to California, looking forward to getting my in and out burger. Um, it's, it's already got plans to have, have, uh, uh, dinner at In-N-Out with uh, Dave Caldwell Monday night when I arrive before we head over to uh, uh, to, to the Hymns of Grace thing Monday night. That's going to be fun. Um, if you're going to be there, look me up. Uh, and if you're going to be at Shepherd's Conference, would you drop me a line? Let me know. Um, I'd love to see you down there. You can, you can you know, squirrel chatter at protonmail.com. Um, I haven't got a lot of emails this week, so, you know, send me an email or, or DM me or, or tag me on Twitter, X, tag me on X. Um, and, and that's another thing. The reason that I am uh, trying my hardest to transition from calling a certain social media platform X instead of its previous Twitter is because horror novelist and leftist extraordinaire Stephen King had a profanity-laced post on Twitter on X yelling about how it would be forever Twitter and that Elon Musk couldn't change it. And I was like, you know, it's Elon Musk's social media platform. He wants to call it X. I'm going to call it X. It's his platform. He gets to name it. I still am struggling with what to call a post on X. Um, I've heard a lot of, a lot of good, uh, good, uh, ideas. Um, some, some, good, some, some frighteningly realistic, um, somebody, some have called it an exclamation, um, an expression, you know, beginning with an X. Um, these have been some of them. Uh, one of my friends suggested an excrement and that is apt far too often. Um, but yeah, so the, you know, what do we call a post on X? Uh, that has yet to be determined. Uh, on Twitter, we had tweets, and, and that made perfect sense. But what do you call a post on X? Right now, I'm still calling them tweets because that's that's just, we haven't, we haven't come up with anything yet. So, um, but yeah, the Twitter war between Wendy's and Burger King continues, and we'll have to see what happens with Wendy's dynamic pricing. Um, that's going to be an interesting thing to follow.
in sad news, America's border is still wide open. Um, the recent murder of the nursing student at uh, in Athens at the University of Georgia. Um, horrible, horrible thing. Um, and, and that's just one of several high-profile cases involving illegal aliens, illegal foreign immigrants. They're not immigrants. They're, they're illegal aliens. They're here illegally. They are not here to become Americans. They did not come into the country legally. It, it's, it's a problem. And they are lawbreakers just by coming here. And to, fact, to, to find out that someone is, you know, doing criminal uh, behavior in one area is a good indication that they're likely to do criminal behavior in another. Um, and so we've been seeing this surge, the, you know, the, the stuff in New York, stuff in Chicago. There's been um, a huge rise of Venezuelan crime gangs because a, a lot of the a lot of the South American criminals are using this porous border to establish their criminal enterprises here in the United States and and, and when you look at the pictures of the people that are crossing into the country there's few women and children and the ones that are being sex trafficked I have no doubt. Most of the people crossing the border are young men. And so they're, they're not, it, it's not immigration as much as it really is and has been termed an invasion. Um, and, and that's, there, there are legal avenues to enter this country. And if you refuse to follow those legal avenues, and yes, there are limits to how many people we can let in. You know, theaters have the same problem. There's a fire code. The building is only suitable for so many people. We can only let so many people in here, especially at a time, because you want to give them time to assimilate. See, people used to come to the United States to become Americans. Um... They didn't want, they, they weren't coming here to make America the country they left. They were coming here to become Americans. They were leaving the countries they left because the countries they left had serious problems. And, and I've heard story after story after story of immigrant parents with very poor English insisting on using English at their dinner table at home during, you know, the, the 1920s, 1930s, when you had a lot of the European immigration from the late 1800s uh, into the early 1900s, um, the, the Italian immigrants and Irish immigrants, or Irish immigrants spoke English, but the Italian immigrants, it was it was very common among Italian immigrants not to let their children speak Italian in the home. They wanted them to learn English. They wanted them to become American. There was a desire to assimilate, to join the culture that they had moved to. They came here because of 
American values and American society, and they wanted their children to be Americans. We're not seeing that with the migrants, the illegals that are coming over the border in the South. They don't want to learn English. They don't want to become American. We're not seeing that with the Muslim immigrants from you know, Palestine or Syria or, or any of those uh, areas in the Middle East. They don't want to become Americans. They're trying to make America, you know, United States of Stan. You know, look at Ilian Omar, uh, who, who is likely to lose her congressional seat, which makes me dance and sing. Um, it's, it's a possibility anyway. She's being opposed. She has made some pretty stupid gaffes recently about being a Palestinian first and an American second. This is not a good look for a member of the United States Congress at all. Um, that's not Alien Omar's, uh, Rashid Tlaib, Rashida Tlaib. That's the one. She's the Palestinian. Ilian Omar is a Somalian immigrant. They're both members of, quote-unquote, the squad, that group of, of very far-left congresspeople, all of whom are struggling. They've, they've lost, um, you know, especially now that the, the Democrats are not in power in, Cong in, the, in the House, they've lost a lot of their prestige and influence. Um, and a lot of the people that had always thought they were way too far out, um, but wouldn't say it because they needed their votes to maintain their majority. Now that they're in the minority, a lot of their fellow Democrats are like, you guys are crazy and you're not helping us, <laughs> you know? So there's some interesting things going on there. That's something to, to keep an eye on. But the crime involving illegal aliens is surging more than Wendy's dynamic pricing. Uh, this is, this is something to keep an eye on. And, it is, we have a serious, serious problem. The vast number of people in this country who are not here legally, they're not going to pay taxes. <laughs> they're, they're, you know, they're taking jobs away from Americans. I know that's, that, you know, they're taking the jobs Americans don't want. No, they're taking jobs that Americans would want at market wages for less than market wages. And they're not here legally. And because they're not here legally, employers can't register them. As, so they're not withdrawing taxes. They're getting paid under the table. Do you have any idea? This is not good for our society. You know, and, and I am not a, 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 an anti-taxer. I think taxes are too high. But I also think citizens should pay taxes or and legal residents should pay taxes. But folks, citizenship means something. And that's something that's been diluted in recent years. That, that there's no difference between a, a citizen and a non-citizen in many people's minds. Now, in, in, the, in, in fact of human worth, no, there isn't a difference. There's not a difference in the worth of a human being who is a citizen of the United States versus the worth of a human being who is a citizen of another country, but residing in the United States, legally or illegally. 
uh, those who are here illegally are of the same human worth because they are made in the image of God as anyone else. But legally, they're not citizens. And therefore, they are not entitled to the rights of citizens of the United States any more than I am entitled to the rights and privileges of a subject of the British crown or of a citizen of France. They're not citizens. And non-citizens shouldn't be allowed to vote. Even more importantly, non-citizens shouldn't be counted in the census, especially illegal residents. Because the census apportions representation. So a lot of these areas that have allowed the settlement of illegal migrants into their area, they're going to count them in the census, and those areas will get proportionally larger representation in the federal government. They're, they're Congress, Congress members, members of the House of Representatives, which is proportional. They will have more representatives. If illegal aliens were not counted, places like California and New York and Arizona and Texas, border states, and areas where these illegal aliens have been settling, would lose representatives. And those representatives would then be proportioned out to areas that ought to have their representatives if you didn't count the illegals. Um, and I'm not sure if that would even, if that might require a constitutional amendment to make that change. I don't know. Is that going to happen? It's not likely. It's not likely. Um, I, 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 it's not likely, but Considering the open border, both Biden and Trump were on the border yesterday at separate locations, obviously. Um, the video that I saw was telling Donald Trump is vigorous and, and greeting people and, and, you know, he was surrounded by crowds and Joe Biden was shuffling along next to uh, looked like a uniformed border patrol agent. And there was nobody around. They'd cleared everybody out. And he, you know, was not moving, not spry, not active. He's an old man. And he's an old man. And that, that he's an old man suffering from the debilities, disabilities of age. He has lost his vigorousness. Um, I was watching a somebody put together just some clips. I want to think was it was it Megan Kelly? Is it Megan Kelly or Cheryl Atkinson or somebody had done a, a a piece? It may have even been a Daily Wire thing. I'm not sure. Um, but they had they had done a comparison of Joe Biden in his speech and in his movement from the time he was vice president under Barack Obama 
until now. And the decline is obvious. It's undeniable. Now, the Democrats are denying it. Uh, 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 Karine Jean-Pierre the other day stood up in, in the podium, talked about just he's the sharpest guy she's worked with. And boy, he's on top of everything. And if you believe that, I've got a bridge in Brooklyn you might be interested in buying. Um, you know, it's 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 one of those it's it's scary because anybody with half a brain. There was a Swedish television uh, sketch that demonstrated that was that was mocking Biden, had him wandering all over a platform before coming up to a microphone and saying inane things. Of course, it was in Swedish, so I'm not quite sure what he said, but. <laughs> You know, it, it was obvious that it was mocking Joe Biden. Um, kind of in a in, in the way Saturday Night Live used to treat all politicians before they decided that they would only mock Republicans or conservatives. Um, and you don't believe that Saturday Night Live has changed in how they treat leftist politicians? Go back and look at 1990s stuff where they mocked Bill Clinton. You know, they would never mock a Democrat president like that now because the, the media has become, and by media, I mean the, the major networks and the major news organizations have become the propaganda arm of the Democrat National Committee. They're not going to mock a Republican or a Democrat. They'll mock Republicans unmercifully and unfairly, but they're not going to mock a Democrat. I was talking to um, a friend the other day about uh, Johnny Carson. Now, Johnny Carson was a leftist. And, you know, I didn't know that until after he retired because it never came out in his jokes. It never came out in his monologues. It never came out in the comments and the skits that they did on the Tonight Show, the, the, the Carson comedy players, when they would do the skits. Karnak the Magnificent made just as many jabs at Democrat politicians as he did at Republicans. Um, if there was something to be mocked, Johnny Carson would mock it, left or right. Um, it was a, you know, he understood that people on both sides could be fools, and even though his sympathies may have been with leftist causes, it never came out in his comedy. And as a, he made just as much fun of, of Democrats as he did of Republicans. And he was funny. You know, he wasn't just trying to score political points. He only did a joke if he thought it was going to be funny. And so, you know, that was the, the main thing was the humor. Um, as a, Johnny Carson was to television talk shows what Rush Limbaugh was to radio talk. There will never be another like him. And that was the height of the late night talk show. Um, and, and quite honestly, I don't even know who's on late night talk shows anymore. No desire to watch them. They're not funny. They're not funny. Um, I'll occasionally see a clip of a of a, of a skit or an actor or something on, on Facebook or X 
And I just shake my head because it's just not funny. Um, some of the interviews are still good. Um, you know, some of the interviews bring out some funny stuff, but when, but their, their skits and their jokes aren't funny. So that's something to, to remember that, that the left is in control of the media. It's the old, uh, not the twilight zone. What was it? The, um, outer, outer limits. We control the vertical. We control the horizontal. Yeah. Guess what? Well, anyway, Biden and Trump were both at the border yesterday. Biden talked about climate change. He didn't talk about the border. He didn't talk about crime. He didn't talk about it. He talked about climate change. And it's just like, okay, you went to the border because the border is a political crisis that's hurting your poll numbers. And you didn't talk about the border or promise to make things better. You talked about climate change. Um, disconnect. Something to think about. So that was that. And, but Trump, Trump talked about crime. Trump talked about the crime involving the illegal aliens. He talked about the murder of the, the young nursing student. Uh, um, was it Lakin Riley? Is that her name? I, I know her last name's Riley. Um, pretty girl, early 20s. You know, murdered while jogging. Um and, and apparently quite brutally. I, I don't know all the details. I haven't really looked it up. I get depressed just looking at it. Um, and, but, you know, great contrast in what they spoke about and great contrast in their level of cognition and level of physicality. Um, Trump is not a young man either. Um, but he is much more together <laughs> than Biden is. Um, and, and meanwhile, speaking of Trump and the, the re-election thing, um, he has uh, once again beaten Nikki Haley. Um, and, and Nikki Haley is refusing to get out of the campaign. And you just wonder what's going on there. Um this this is a this is going to be an important election. Every election is important, but this one this one's a turning point. If 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 the the uh, um, if the Biden administration is reelected or the Biden replacement, if there is one, is elected, um, it's it's I think we're already circling the drain. Um, I don't know, even, even, okay, let's say Trump wins the White House, the Republicans take the House and the Senate. The divisions within our country are so great that I don't know if the damage can be undone. I don't. I think I think uh, if if a conservative majority does establish itself in government, it will slow things down. It it would give us a respite. 
things would get better. But I don't think that at this point, not for a long time, could the course be reversed. And looking at the degradation of morality, looking at the, 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 just the, the rejection of, of solid values and everything, looking at all of that, um, I do believe Western culture is doomed. We are in decline. It is a steep decline. It is not going to end well. Um, and, and that, you know, one of the problems is, will the 2024 election be fair? There were huge problems with the 2020 election that are, still haven't been addressed. The mail-in ballots, all of that stuff, the, the way they're counted, the, 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 it's, you know, the voting machine irregularities, um, and everyone, oh no, no, you're just overreacting. And I, it's, it's bad folks. It's bad. Um, and, and there's, there's huge problems. And whenever anyone tries to address those problems, the Dems are fighting like crazy against them. So there's huge opposition to fixing the system. And there seems to be huge reluctance among Republicans to try to fix it. You know, there, there's nothing coming out of the house about elections that I've seen to try to fix things. Even Republican-run state legislatures, which is where the rules of elections are set, according to the Constitution, it's the state legislatures that set the rules for the elections in their states. And even according to them, they're still, they're, they're, not, they're not taking steps. And drastic steps are required. Um, I've, I've said it before. You want to fix the problems with the election? It's easy. Votes should be done in person on election day on paper ballots with ID. You take those four steps and your likelihood of fraud drops significantly. In person, on election day, with ID, on paper. It's a simple solution. And yet it, it, it ought to be being trumpeted from Republicans all over the place. And we're not hearing about it. And nobody anywhere is talking about it. We need to get on that. Um, but in a, in the, and not only has none of that been addressed, we now have new threats. There've been, you know, they're, they're trying to kick Trump off the ballot in many States. Um, the, and, and, and another one was added this week where a state legislature has removed or a court, I'm not sure who ha, has removed Trump. I believe it was Illinois. They've just, Trump can't be president. 14th amendment. You can't let him run for president. No insurrectionist can run for president. Um, of course, no evidence that he was actually involved in an insurrection. You have a bunch of ac accusations who uh, of people who treated an unarmed, peaceful, mostly peaceful. I mean, you had, I mean, is, they they call burning down a city a mostly peaceful pro uh, protest, but 
walking through the Capitol building where the majority of the people were peaceful. Yes, there were some idiots that were breaking windows and, and causing trouble. I understand that. But the vast majority of the people were just like, oh, this is the Capitol. I mean, we've seen the videos of them staying between the velvet ropes in the, in the rotunda. You know, it was not an insurrection. That was, they were not armed. <laughs> they were not trying to take over the government. Um, uh, was it ill-advised? Absolutely. Should they have done it? No. But we've also seen videos of Capitol Police holding the doors open for them and letting them in. And I'm sorry, if the security of a, of a, of a building holds the door open for you and let you in, charging you with being there illegally is not valid. Because how would you know? How would you know? It's a public building. It's usually open to the public. You can go in and take tours. But, you know, the fact that it was closed that day, you know, the barricades had been removed and the, the Capitol Police are holding the door open for you. How do you know you're not supposed to be there? Yeah, uh, but no, you're, you're going to do 10 to 20 for walking through the rotunda and staying within the velvet ropes. Um, so they're trying to kick Trump off the ballot in some states. It is going to the Supreme Court. Um, we're waiting for a ruling there. I'm fairly certain, as you can be in this uncertain world, that the court will rule that, no, they can't do that. Um, because even with all the charges that have been brought against Trump in these these political show trials, None of them involve um, insurrection. He's not accused of insurrection. <laughs> um, and, and the cases that, that are against him are falling apart. Uh, and obviously the, the, the judgment in New York a couple of weeks ago with the 350 whatever million dollar punitive damage thing and all of that, that's going to be overturned. It's one of the most ridiculous cases ever. And if it hadn't been such a partisan hack judge, it never would have happened in the first place. And the fact that you have these attorney generals in New York and in Georgia, and that case is falling apart too. I'm, I'm real interested to see how that turns out. Um, these perversions of justice where these uh, attorney general ran for office on the platform of, I'm going to get a political opponent. That's not America. That's Soviet Russia. That's totalitarian police state crap. Sorry. It, it's just not, not a good look for, a liberal democracy. Um, but in addition to trying to kick Trump off the state, they're using the same uh, tactic to try to remove other Republicans from ballots in other states. For example, in Oregon, the state Supreme Court recently ruled that 10 Republican state senators who staged a walkout in last year because um, they were trying to stall beer bills that they were against. Remember, you know, 
the vast majority of the square miles of Washington are conservative, or Oregon are conservative. I have friends in Oregon who don't live in Portland, and outside of Portland, it's a conservative state. Portland is leftist, but Portland is a huge percentage of the population, so Portland runs the state. So state senators are elected from conservative areas in the state, and you know they 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 these leftists keep putting in these bills, and they were trying to stop something, so they walked out. Well, there's a rule in the Senate that if you have more than I don't know how many unexcused absences from sessions of the state legislature, you cannot run for re-election. And so by staging this walkout, 10 of the Republicans who walked out, not all of them, but 10 of them, that put them over that limit. <laughs> and so, oh, you can't run again. And the Supreme Court in the, in the state of Oregon said, nope. So they, they, are, they have been taken off the, they're not allowed to run for re-election. Um, and, and this is not the only case. There have been other states where they're trying to get Republicans off of ballots using these sorts of legal machinations. Um, it's, it's despicable. It really is. Um, there was a Rasmussen poll back in 2014. So this is six years before 2020. The Rasmussen poll said that 68% of Americans think that elections are rigged in favor of incumbents. And they're right. Um, I wonder what it would be now after 2020. Um, I was trying to find a, a more recent poll of that same question, and nobody seems to have asked it. Um, but 2020 was bad, and I think 2024 is going to be much, much worse. I really do. Um, and and I, I don't hold out much hope in either the electorate or the election officials in the future of our country. Um, we are in a, a, a downward spiral, and I'm not sure that we can pull it out. But my hope is not in princes or the might of army. Uh, our confidence should be in the Lord our God. You know, empires rise and fall. Nations rise and fall. We're in the fall part of Western civilization. You know, meaning European, quote-unquote, Christendom. The, the Europe that has dominated world events since the fall of the, of the, of the Roman Empire is in rapid decline. And actually, you know, didn't dominate world events really until the 17th, 18th centuries. But Europe and, and Christian Europe, uh, Christian in a, a social, um, civil religion sense, a biblical worldview informed uh, 
sense of politics. That Europe shaped the modern world, had a huge in influence over the world in which we live in, an influence for good, I might add. Um, you know, the, 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 the up, uproar about white colonialists notwithstanding, the Europe had a positive influence on the world. And that Christian Europe is floundering. And the United States is plummeting right behind them, um, as is Australia, Canada, the, the Western world. It's collapsing. It's collapsing morally. It's collapsing politically. It's going to collapse economically. Um, things are not good. I, I just saw this morning that, that um, uh, unemployment's up. <laughs> Inflation's not coming down. And unemployment's up. It's, it's, I mean, I went out, I, I went out yesterday morning. I had to, to, to run some errands. And along the way, I stopped at my favorite local breakfast place to get, I, I had an omelet with hash browns, a biscuit, and a side of sausage gravy. That was my breakfast. It was 20 bucks. You know, it wasn't that long ago that I could go out to breakfast by myself easily for under 10 bucks with the same sort of meal. Um, it's a, it's a, you know, throw in a cup of coffee. I had a cup of coffee. Cup of coffee was like three bucks for a cup of coffee. Remember when a cup of coffee used to be 50 cents or a dime, you know, the old joke that and a dime will get you a cup of coffee. <laughs> um, those were, those were old days, right? That's not, not such a, such the world we're in. And as has been pointed out, things have not gotten more valuable. A cup of coffee is just as valuable today as it was a hundred years ago. What's happened is the money is worth less so that it takes more of it to buy the same cup of coffee. Um, in the old West, $20 would buy you a Colt revolver or a nice suit. Yeah. Something that you're not going to be able to do now for, you know, less than half a thousand dollars. You know, it's going to cost you $500 to get a nice suit or a Colt revolver. Yeah, roughly. I mean, you know, yeah, there are any, any less expensive options, but I mean, you know, we're talking top drawer stuff. And, and you know, that's, you know, and, and not talking about expensive high-end stuff. We were talking about the normal level of quality goods. Um, yeah, you know, $20 to get you a tailor-made suit. $20 to buy you a Colt revolver. The suit and the revolver are not more valuable now. The money's worthless. Um, here, Squirrel Manor. <laughs> we... we you know, 25 years ago, bought the land, bought the trailer, 
put in the foundation, put in the well, the septic, the driveway, everything for right around $80,000. Our latest tax evaluation is our, says that our property is worth almost half a million. The property's not more valuable. This is now a 25-year-old trailer house. It's got problems. <laughs> uh, you know, we, we were talking, Mrs. Squirrel and I they were talking about that the other day. We need to fix this. We need to work on that. I need a new, I need a new faucet in the kitchen sink. Um, the trailer is not worth more. It's not more valuable now than it was when it was brand new 25 years ago. It's worth less because of wear and tear because of age. Yet the value is more than three times what it was because, or the, the price, the, the valuation, the, the estimate of its worth, but the property hadn't gotten more valuable. I haven't struck oil, you know, <laughs> there's no, and, and so inflation is not helping us. Our, our economy is not good. Um, there's, there's so many things, there's so many indications that our civilization is doomed, but our confidence is not in our civilization. Our confidence should not be in earthly rulers, good or bad. Our confidence should be in our, the Lord, our God, Daniel 4, 25b the Most High is the powerful ruler over the kingdom of mankind and gives it to whomever he wishes. Who's going to win in November? The person God wills to win. And if that's bad for our nation, then that's judgment from God. And we should rejoice and give him glory because this is a nation deserving of God's judgment in, in many, many ways. All right. As I said, that was the not as depressing stuff I wanted to talk about. I skipped over some stuff that was much darker. Um, things that I have seen and read in the news in recent days. So, you know, rejoice, give God glory. Don't be depressed don't get down. God is sovereign. He is in charge. He causes all things to work together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purposes. Rest in that. God's in charge. God is working out his will and his plan for the ages each and every second. He's in charge. We need not fear. So should we be concerned? Should we be aware? Absolutely. Should we be fearful? No. Should we dwell on these things? No more than we need to for the actions we have to take. You know, we got an election this year. Think about these issues and vote accordingly in line with what you know the Bible teaches. That's pretty easy. 
it's easier this year than it has been in years past. So, you know, am I, am I going to vote for a guy I really like? Not the way things stand. But is the guy I'm planning on voting for, would he be much better for the country than the other guy? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Without a doubt. All right. That is Squirrel Chatter, or that is uh, Monday Meanderings for this Friday, March 1st. Let us now recite our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Colic for the Second Sunday in Lent. Almighty God, you know that we have no power in ourselves to help ourselves. Keep us both outwardly in our bodies and inwardly in our souls, that we may be defended from all adversities that may happen to the body and from all evil thoughts that may assault and hurt the soul. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. The Colic for Endurance. Appropriate after this Monday meandering. Almighty God, whose most dear Son went not up to joy, but first he suffered pain, and entered not into glory before he was crucified, mercifully grant that we, walking in the way of the cross, may find it none other than the way of life and peace, through Jesus Christ your Son, our Lord. Amen. And for the unrepentant we pray. Merciful God, you desire not the death of sinners, but rather that they should turn to you and live. And through your only Son, you have revealed yourself as the God who pardons iniquity. Have mercy on the unrepentant and those who do not believe. Awaken in them by your word and Holy Spirit a deep sense of their sinfulness and peril. Take from them all ignorance, hardness of heart, and contempt of your word. Grant them to know and feel that there is no other name under heaven given among men by which they must be saved, but only the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so bring them home and number them among your children, that they may be yours forever, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, world without end. Amen. All right, folks, that is Squirrel Chatter for today. I will see you again here on the 18th. Um, if you're interested... Shepherds Conference will be live streamed, so you can go to shepherdsconference.org and check out the live stream. The schedule's up there, the speaker schedules. You can watch the presentations uh, at home, which I did for many years before I ever got to go to a Shepherds Conference. Um, it, it's nice that, that that is an option for those who cannot travel, and the conference has been sold out for a while, so... Um, a lot of people knew they weren't going to be able to go. Um, so uh, do watch over that and, uh, you know, enjoy the, the conference 
If you're there, look me up. I usually hang out on the patio in front of the seminary. That's or, or, or find me in the book tent. Um, that's that's the the area that I I chill out at between sessions. Is there in front of the seminary on the patio, and who knows where we'll be? We'll be under the tent if it's raining, um, which they are predicting some rain during the week. Um, as has often been said, <laughs> March is our rainy season, so be prepared for just about any kind of weather. I have been at Shepherd's Conferences when it was so hot you couldn't stand it, and I was actually at a Shepherd's Conference where we had snow. <laughs> so um, you, you can expect a little bit of, of everything, and if you've been watching the news, the the uh, El Nino and what what are they calling it, the, the uh, atmospheric river, <laughs> have been... Uh, sending some some very wet weather through Southern California in recent days. The Sierra Nevadas are apparently piled high with snow. Um, and luckily I'm not going that way. I don't have to cross, you know, Donner Pass or, 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 or any of the other passes. Uh, I remember going you know, a couple of years ago, I had to pick up uh, my friend, Chris Honholtz in Reno on the way down. He, he rode down with me and uh, driving through Lake Tahoe, there was probably 20 foot snowbanks on both sides of the road. Um, that's more snow than we get here. <laughs> um, it's that moist Pacific air hitting the mountains. It's, it's typical. I mean, you know, Snoqualmie Pass in Washington state gets a lot more snow than we do around here in Montana too. Just based on the the position of those mountain ranges right there uh, off the coast, getting all that moist ocean air coming in and, and dumping on the mountains. Um, so that's nothing unusual, but I'm glad that I'm not going that way. <laughs> I'll be taking I-15 south down through Vegas and all the way into, into well, at least to Victorville and then cut across the Palmdale Highway to uh, Santa Clarita. That's my route. So yes, please line the route, hold up, you know, you go squirrel signs. That's great. Would love to see it. <laughs> yeah, that's not going to happen. Folks, have a great two weeks. Uh, I will miss being with you. I look forward to being back with you on the 18th. I'm looking forward to being at the conference. As I said, look me up if you're down there. Would love to see you um, and say hi and, and, just going to be a good time all around. Looking forward to seeing all my friends down there at Grace Community Church. And, and it's just going to be a fun time. So as you go through the next two weeks, do the things you ought to do. Don't do the things you ought not to. Whatever you do, do it for the glory of the Lord. We'll see you here on Monday the 18th for another episode of Squirrel Chatter. Take care. God bless. Squirrel Chatter is recorded in front of a live studio hamster.